Can you hear me? Ah, there we go. Good morning. Let's try that again. Well, we're glad that you all chose to spend a portion of your Sunday morning with us here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. And now that Mike has shown you how to use the app and we have a luncheon afterwards, I know nobody is listening to anything I have to say today. Um, I know you're all going to be on your phones looking up all the other members of the church. Um, but I'm very thankful for the, the technology that we have here at the church um, that not only allows us to have the screens, it allows us to do an online directly, directory to help us get to know each other better. But probably one of the coolest things is, and most of you already know this, is we do a live stream of our services as well, which allows us to reach out not only to Mission Viejo, but to parts all around the country. My parents are actually watching today from Florida. So it's really cool the reach that we're able to have here at the church through the technology. So I thank you so much for all coming this morning. Um, I have to give a shout out to my cheering section over here. Um, anytime I speak, I'm, I'm so blessed to have a, a group of friends and family that come to, to hear me speak. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to come before you this morning. So I will keep it short, sweet, and to the point this morning. I know we have a luncheon today at Stonefire Grill. I know you guys are excited. If there's one thing that we do here at the church well, what is it? We eat. That's right. So we'll keep it short, sweet, and to the point. So this morning, we're going to pick up where Jason left off last week. He started a, I believe it's a five-part sermon series last week, and he has asked me to take the next step in the lesson. Now, asking to fill in for Jason is kind of like being asked to play quarterback for Peyton Manning. It's a little bit intimidating sometimes because we all know that Jason is such a great speaker, but we'll do our best this morning to pick up where Jason left off. So the next step in our Attitude of Gratitude series is called Building a Life of Sacrifice. So what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning is how do we build a, sac a life of sacrifice? So as I got started in preparing for the lesson, I got to taking a look at what the Bible says about giving. Now there's four main themes that occur over and over again throughout the Bible. And those themes are faith, hope, love, and giving. Now, which one of those words do you think is actually used most in the Bible? Any guesses? Shout it out. Love, right? I thought the same thing. I thought, you know what? Hands down, love is used more than any other word throughout the Bible. Because after all, at the core of Christianity, at the core of what we've been taught, the answer is love, right? So I would assume that love would actually be used most in the Bible. However, I was shocked to find out the word faith is used 246 times. The word hope is used 185 times. The word love is used 733 times. And the word give or giving is used 2,285 times throughout the Bible. What does that tell us? That tells us that giving is very important, right? When I was in college, I used to have a professor, and he would say, if I say it more than twice, it's important, and it's probably going to be on the test, so I suggest you write it down, Right? So we all are familiar that the more things appear in the Bible or the more that we see things, that means that tells us the relative importance in kind of the big scope of things, right? So as I was preparing for my lesson this week, I got to thinking about sacrifice and what, it, what it's meant in my life. And I was looking for examples of sacrifice. Obviously, Christ is the best example of sacrifice, but I was trying to think inside of my own life, what can I share that really shows what a life of sacrifice is all about? Instantly, my dad came to mind. So I'm going to share a little story with you. Um, when I was a kid growing up, we were a very middle-class family, um, grew up in the Midwest. And it's funny how when you're a kid, you don't necessarily see things the same way as you do when you're an adult, and you don't always understand things. My dad, when I was growing up, he was a firefighter for 30 years, long time. Very dangerous job, very high-stress job. Now that I'm older and I realize what it really means to be a firefighter, I'm so 
amazed and blessed to have this man as my father. Not only was he a great Christian example, but he was a firefighter. That alone would be enough to, to, in my opinion, to exhibit a life of sacrifice because he puts himself in a dangerous situation. He does it by choice. And yes, they make a living, but they don't make that great of a living, at least not maybe where I come from. Maybe here they make more. But as I got to thinking back about my father and the example that he had given to me, my dad worked three jobs when I was growing up. He'd work 24-hour shifts at the fire station every third day. So he'd work for 24 hours, he'd have 48 off. On those two days that he had off, he had a couple of different jobs. He used to work at a paint and hardware store all day. And he also used to prepare taxes. So when I think back to my dad, my dad worked three jobs when I was growing up just to make sure that we had what we needed. And as I think back to being a kid, I never really needed anything that I didn't have. There may have been things that I wanted, of course. We all want things, right? I would have liked to have had a nicer car. I would have liked to have had a better bike. I'd have liked for us to have bigger TVs. Of course, I, there's things I would have liked to have had. But we had everything that we needed because of the sacrifices that my dad was willing to make for us. And as I become an adult and I start to see these things, and I hope that one day Carter will see the sacrifices that Lizzie and I make for him. But as I look back, I think about the sacrifices that my parents made for me. It's almost overwhelming sometimes to think about what they did for us. And they did it just so that we could have a good life, so that we could have everything that we needed. We had clothes. We had a nice place to live. We always had food on the table. But I got to thinking also that the next step when you talk about sacrifices is they did it so that we would have what we need, even though at the time maybe we didn't understand it. But in return, especially as an adult, I want to make my parents proud in everything that I do. And I hope that they are proud of me. But I want to, in return, make them proud because of the sacrifices that they've made for me. So that's what kind of came to my mind as I thought about what a sacrifice really mean. So what I want to look at this morning is I want to look at four different areas of our lives that the Bible teaches us that we should have a life of sacrifice or that we should show sacrifices. And what I want to think about, first of all, is what does it really mean to a Christian to have a life of sacrifice? And it means a couple of different things. It means that we are to follow Christ above all others. And it means that we are to give up certain things so that we can have a life in Christ. So, and we do that, of course, we do that through the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that I want to look at is I want to look at self. And I went ahead and just print out the scripture so you guys can just sit back, relax. You can read off the screen. And the first thing I want to look at is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. It says, Now I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, what God, in his kindness, has done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty had overflown rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the gracious privilege of sharing in the gift of Christians in Jerusalem. Best of all, they went well beyond their highest hopes, for the first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord and to us for whatever directions God might have for them. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged you giving in the first place, and return to you, encourage you to complete to complete your share in this ministry of giving. Since you excel in many ways, you have so much faith 
such gifted speakers, such knowledge, such enthusiasm, and such love for us. Now, I want you to excel also in gracious ministry of giving. I am not saying you must do it, even though the other churches are eager to do it. This is one way to prove that your love is real. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was. Though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that his poverty he could make you rich. So that's kind of the lead-in verse that I wanted to use this morning as we kind of get into this topic of living a life of, of sacrifice, and as we look at some of the different things that we want to talk about this morning, about living that life in Christ, about living that life of sacrifice. And the first thing that I want to look at this morning is going to be the subject of self-sacrifice, and that's found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Again, a very familiar verse. I think we're all, we're all pretty much familiar with this verse. But when we talk about this whole sacrificing ourselves, it means that we are putting him above our own needs. It means that we're putting what his will for us is above what our will may be or the will of the world. And as we talk about self-sacrifice, it's all about giving things up. It's all about we don't sin intentionally anymore, correct? So we put the things of the world beside us, and we sacrifice ourselves, the pleasures of the world, the things that we may want for that higher gift. And we're going to talk a little bit later on about the things that we receive in return for those sacrifices. But we no longer sin intentionally. We, we follow the Holy Spirit and we take on Christ, and we let others see Christ in us, and that's the sacrifice that we make as part of that. And, you know, when we talk about self-sacrifice, a lot of times things like, oh, I go to church, that's my sacrifice. Eh, really, is coming to church on a Sunday morning a sacrifice? We come to this beautiful building, right? We have air conditioning, we have padded pews, we have a very secure environment that we're able to worship in, but if we think back to even the early days of the church, where they didn't have that. They didn't have church buildings to go to. They often worshiped in the catacombs. If we look at other countries, even now to these days when we do our world mission offering, we see some of the pictures from some of the churches in other parts of the world where they don't even have walls on the church, where they, have, they don't have air conditioning. So a lot of times when we kind of get wrapped up in this, well, I make sacrifices, I go to church. Well, that's true, and that's great, and it, that says a lot that you're here on a Sunday morning instead of somewhere else, but it's not that big of a sacrifice for us to come here. We have an amazing building. We have an amazing group of church members that we come together with on a Sunday morning, so it's going above and beyond just the coming to church because that's not enough. We all know that. That's nothing new. Um, one of the articles I was reading was talking about how some of the churches in other countries, not only they don't have air conditioning, they don't have walls, they go for three hours at a time. So I thought we'd test that this morning. So I'm going to stand up here for about another two and a half hours, and I just want to see how many people are here by the end of the three hours. Totally joking, of course. See, Mike led with a joke this morning, totally ruined my mojo. I didn't get to tell my jokes. So. But no, all, all joking aside, the first area is that we have to sacrifice ourselves. The second area that we want to take a look at is our relationships. And that's it. the verse I want to use is in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 37. And I apologize. I used the backgrounds that Jason gave me, and I know that they don't show up really well, and I'm having a hard time reading them myself, so I know it's probably a little bit challenging out there as well, but just, just stick with me. It says, don't suppose that I have come 
to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father and his mother more than me is not worthy of me, and anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So again, it talks about a very difficult concept in the Bible, which is this concept of relationships, right? We all have relationships, and we have relationships outside of the church, of course, but what it's talking about is putting those relationships before our relationship with our Heavenly Father, which is obviously our most important relationship that we have. But the Bible warns us early on that there's going to be times where you're going to have to choose between serving the Lord and serving your friends, between serving the Lord and serving your neighbors, between serving the Lord and serving anyone else that we come in contact with. And that can be a very difficult situation, right? Because there's this thing called peer pressure. And we think of peer pressure as only being in school, but those of us who are adults, we know that there's peer pressure in the workplace, there's peer pressure in groups that we may be a part of, and that's why it's so important that we surround ourselves with people of like faith, right? The more time we spend with people who are in Christ, the more time we spend with people who are Christians, the easier it is for us to be strong and for us to stand up to those things. But the Bible tells us very early on that there's going to be situations where we may have to sacrifice our relationships here on earth for those relationships with our Heavenly Father. So that's one of the things that we need to focus on as we think about building a life of sacrifice is that we have the right relationships and that we don't let those relationships control our lives. And I've seen it happen. I've had friends who were Christians and who were in the church and were heavily involved, and then they met someone who was outside of the church and got into a relationship with that person, and that person convinced them to no longer come to church. So we have to be careful that our relationships with other people, whether it be friends or family or whomever it might be, doesn't take precedence, and that we don't allow those things to take our eye off the prize, so to speak, which, of course, is our eternal life in heaven. So relationships is the second thing that we want to talk about. Moving forward, the third thing that I want to talk about is money and possessions. Okay, money and possessions. So the next verse for money and possessions is in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 7 and 9. 1 Timothy 6, 7 and 9 says, After all, we didn't bring anything with us when we came into the world, and we certainly cannot carry anything with us when we die. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who look to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. And I thought Brother Robert put it very well this morning when he was talking about, um, when he was talking about giving and about not letting other things take control of our lives. A lot of times when we talk in the church about giving, it's a very sensitive subject, Right? It's, now we're being asked to give our money, right? And we love money. We do. We love money, right? We need, we need money. We have to have money. But again, what the Bible warns us about is letting that money control our lives, okay? You can't serve two masters, right? We can't serve God and we can't serve money at the same time. One has to give. And we can't let that pursuit of money or the accumulation of money take over from our relationship with God because, again, everything that we have comes from God right? Nothing that we have comes from us. It doesn't come from our own doings. Yes, we get up and go to work every morning, but God has blessed us with a job, and God has blessed us with a car so that we have the means 
of providing for our families. But it's so important that we not let that get in the way of our relationship with God. So money and possessions is another way because we give, right? And the Bible teaches us to give cheerfully, to give as we've been purposed in our hearts. The Bible tells us to give till it hurts, right? We see stories all the time of people in the Bible who were down to their last dime, literally, and God blessed them for giving that last dime. And that's what we need to remember when it comes to not only our giving, but also our pursuit of making the money is so that we know that that doesn't get in the way of our relationship with God because you know the old saying, you don't hook up a U-Haul to the back of the hearse, right? When we go, we're not taking it with us. And the Bible also tells us that it profits a man nothing to gain the whole world and lose his soul. So again, we're not taking it with us. We need to use that money in the way that God has intended. And the last thing I want to take a look at as far as the areas of building a life of sacrifice is going to be our time and our talents. So I want to share with you Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things. So if God has given the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. Time and talents, right? That is so important. The Bible has many parables about talents. And I know that you guys all know those, so I'm not going to go into those again. But we know that we're to use what we've been given, and we're each given something completely different, right? There's areas that I may be good at that others struggle with. There's, uh, there is that others are really good at. Jarek is an amazing worship leader. I can't sing to save my life. If I got up here to lead worship, you guys would probably all walk out. I'm not even joking. I am not a singer. I can't sing. But I know that that's not my talent. I know that that's not what God has blessed me with. Mike is really good with all of the audiovisual stuff. Actually, both the mics, Mike and Michael, are very good with the audiovisual stuff. I know nothing about technology. That's not the gift that God has given me. So we need to take the gifts that we've been given and apply those. And there are so many different ways for us to do that, whether it's teaching classes, whether it's getting up here and speaking on Sunday morning, whether it's leading worship. It can be something as simple as reaching out to people. We have some people in this congregation that are amazing at making personal connections, reaching out to people who are sick or hurting. Maybe it's leadership roles. We have, our, we have six elders now. They're in leadership positions for a reason because they have that ability to lead us, to help us, as we talked about uh, with Brother Ken this morning, to help us get to that next level, right? So we all have talents and we all have time. We don't think we have time sometimes. I work 60 hours a week, and a lot of times Lizzie will say, hey, we need to do this, and I'm like, I can't. We just don't have time. But the Lord tells us that we need to make time, right? We're in a society where we make time for everything else, right? We always manage to watch the football game, or we always manage to go to the concert, or we always manage to um, take care of work functions, whatever the case may be, and those are all important. But the Bible teaches us as well that we need to make time for God. And it's not out of obligation. It's out of our love for him and everything that he's done for us. So time and talents are extremely important. And what's the best thing about time and talents is it, does it doesn't cost us anything, right? We just talked about money. Time and talents doesn't cost us anything. It doesn't cost us anything to take that extra couple hours a week to 
help out at the church or to help out with the needy or to feed the homeless or whatever that we can do to outreach to, again, show Christ through us, right? Because that's what it's all about as a Christian is we want people to see Christ in us. And the way that we do that is by sacrificing what we have for other people. So now that we've kind of talked a little bit about the things that we can sacrifice, let's talk about the good side. Let's talk about what do we benefit by building a life of sacrifice. Because everything in the Bible is about premises versus promises, right? We're taught in the Bible that if we live faithfully and we follow God's commandments, then we get a home with with God in heaven, right? It doesn't say you just get the home with God in heaven because unfortunately that's not the way it works, right? We need to follow the Bible and what the Bible teaches us. So there's a premise of learning God's will and doing God's will, and there's a promise, and the promise is heaven. So let's talk about some of the benefits that we gain by making these sacrifices. The first one I want to talk about is we get to be more like God, right? Because God sacrificed everything, and God gave everything. So we get to be more like him. Don't get me wrong. We're not God, and we're not God-like, but it gives us the opportunity to be more like God when we give of our time and we give of our talents and we give of our money because the bottom line is God gave everything for us and he loves us. And that's exactly what we need to do for him. It brings us closer to God. I think we all know that when we are on the right path and we are doing the right things, we get to have that closer walk with God. And I know that I can speak for myself that when I get the opportunity to do these lessons and and I'm on a journey right now of learning how to to preach and learning how to share the word with others. And I've got a long way to go on that road. But I can tell you this, that when I spent hours and hours this week preparing for the sermon and going through the scriptures and reading and learning and understanding, I felt closer to God. I really did. And it's an indescribable feeling. And I hope and pray that each of you have done something where you've had the opportunity to do that. And I challenge you that if you haven't, that you look for those opportunities. Because I can tell you from a personal standpoint, as I've gone down this journey, and I've got a long way to go. I'm no, I'm no Jason Darden, and I know that. But when I'm preparing, and when I get the opportunity to get up here, and the Holy Spirit flows through me, I feel closer to God. And that's what it means that when you build that life of sacrifice, you get to have that closer relationship with God. And hopefully as we all mature through our Christian faith, and as we continue down our walk, we all get to experience that. And hopefully we get to experience that over and over again because that's what it's all about. God wants to have a relationship with us, right? God is our Father, and He wants that Father-Son relationship with us. So we have to look for those ways that we build that relationship with Him. It's not a one-way street. He's given us the tools, and He's given us the guidelines, but it's up to us of what we do with that and how we build those relationships. So when we're building a life of sacrifice, it allows us to be closer to God. It strengthens our faith, right? The Bible teaches us that it strengthens our faith, that the closer we get on our walk and the more that we learn, it strengthens our faith. So as we build that relationship, it also strengthens our faith. And when our faith is strong, not only are we on the right track, but it gives us that opportunity to help others get on the right track as well, because isn't that what it's all about? It's not just about the people in this room, right? It's about what happens when we walk out the back door today. Are we strong enough, are we faithful enough to bring other people to Christ as well? The Bible teaches us in the Great Commission that we're to take the word everywhere, right? Everywhere we go. 
And I take that personally. That means I need to be talking to people at work. That means, that means I need to be talking to people at softball. That means I need to be talking to people wherever I go because that's what God commands us to do. And when we're building that life of sacrifice and when we're doing the right things that we need to be doing, it strengthens our faith. And our faith is what allows us to do that. Our faith is what allows us to do that. It's such a powerful tool. And the other thing is, and we're taught in Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, verse 9, that the gospel, that we'll be blessed in return, right? When we're giving that life of sacrifice, when we're doing the things that we need to be doing, when we're doing the things that please God, we get blessed in return, right? We always have what we need. We may not always have what we want, but we have what we need because God blesses us in that manner and in that way. And we haven't really even touched on this yet, but the, what I want to close with is I want to talk about the sacrifice that was made on our behalf, right? And when we think of sacrifice, that's the big thing that we think about, and Brother Robert touched on this morning in remembrance of me, I think was the, the phrase that he used, and ironically, that was on our communion table when I was growing up, too. But, um, what we, you know, when we think about that amazing sacrifice that was made on our behalf, God sent his only son, right, to this earth to live as a man, sent him in human form to walk on this earth, to go through the trials and the tribulations that he went through. And when we look back and we think about Christ's time on earth, think about all the things that he went through. He went through some amazing things, right? And when we look at what we go through on a daily basis, it kind of makes those things look small, doesn't it? Comparatively to what Christ went through when he walked on the earth, anything that we're going through, whether it's financial trouble, relationship trouble, uh, trouble at work, whatever the case may be, those things are really small when you look at it from a God-level perspective. Those things are really small when you look at it from what Christ had to go through. So really, the sacrifices that we're asked to make today don't even compare to the sacrifices that Christ went through. They don't even compare to God sending his only son. I mean, thank goodness we're not asked to do something like that, right? And we're very blessed that we don't have to do those things today, but we always need to remember and we need to work on giving up ourselves so that we can follow God. It's kind of one of those things, get out of your own way, right, and let God take over. Put our needs, put our things to the side, and let God take over, and he can do amazing things in our lives. If you would, go to me with, to the Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Lord's Day that you've allowed us to come together here in this house of worship to learn another portion of your word, to lift up songs of praises to you. As we move forward, Lord, we pray that you will just continue to bless us. We thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made for us, and we pray that you will help us learn to build a life of sacrifice. We hope that, hope that you will help us to learn to put our needs to the side and always put your needs to the front of our lives. Most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you just so much for sending your son to die on the cross. We know that that was the ultimate sacrifice, and that was made out of your great love for us, not out of us being deserving in any way, shape, or form. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.